Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood. Hi, and welcome to The Pursuit of Life. This is episode number eight, and my name's Dave Hazelwood. I'm excited to have you joining me today to meet my special guest, David Crenitti. Dave is well known in the running community as one of the top club runners in the country and also one of the most generous. Dave's day job as a teacher in a school in Sydney's western suburbs, and this led to him coming into contact with several refugee kids who started at his school. At the time, Dave was looking for a way to share his passion for running and channel that back into something positive, and from that, the Run Beyond project was born. If you're experiencing a flat spot or struggling with motivation at present, this episode is for you. Today we're talking not only about how Dave clocks up 10,000 kilometres in training a year, to smash his PB and run a sub-218 marathon, but also how the participants in the Run Beyond project teach and inspire him with the resilience they show in overcoming their difficult start in life. For all the resources and tools mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at knightswood.com.au forward slash episode 8. Now, let's get into the interview. So we're joined today by Dave Craniti, who is the founder of the Run Beyond Project and one of um, Australia's foremost, I suppose, foremost amateur endurance runners. Is that a fair way to describe you, Dave? But thank you for coming on the show and welcome. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, great. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely amateur. Um, I, I really make a point of telling people when, when they use the word elite, no, I'm not elite. I'm just sort of, you know. Not a, not a weekend warrior either, but um, an, an everyday runner and a passionate runner, but uh, but definitely an amateur. I've got a full time job, and um, and that's the way I like it. And so, even though you're you're an amateur, you're clocking up some serious miles, though, aren't you? I mean, you you'd be clocking up similar miles to what some of the elites are doing anyway. Yeah, probably in terms of mileage, um, I I do about two hundred k's a week. I do basically 10,000 k's a year. I did lock up uh, just over 10,000 k's for the first time in 2017. But, yeah, a lot of that's um, incidental. A lot of that's commuting. I, I don't drive, so um, that um, that makes it a bit easier to, to get up some miles. I've got to get from A to B one, one way or another, and, uh, and if running is the best way to do it, running is the way it's done. And with public transport in Sydney being what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to go back to kind of early days. And first thing I want to ask you is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, wow. Um, I I recall, actually, I had a, a pretty good relationship with my um, PE teacher when I was at school. And so um, it wasn't really until kind of year 11 at school that I'd sort of settled on teaching um prior to that I sort of forget you know probably wanted to be a fireman at some stage I don't know um but yeah and and um and then I so I, I pursued that and and got into um PE teaching and and I guess when I sort of went into it I, I sort of envisaged that um the kids would have the same sort of level of enthusiasm that I had for for running around the field and kicking a ball and whatnot but um but it wasn't the case, and, and I'm, I'm still in teaching, but I'm uh, in a different field now in ESL uh, or EALD as it's now called, uh, English, as, uh, English as an additional language or dialect. 
and and loving it. Yeah, and how long have you been um, been teaching that? Uh, so I've been teaching that around about eight years. Retrained uh, within that time, as I sort of had uh, roles that um, that entailed that at the school that I'm at now, Chester Hill High School, and, and our attached uh, intensive English centre. And um, yeah, so made made the transition and uh, and really enjoying working with these kids and, and watching them pursue uh, their goal of, of acquiring English. And you you meet some kids from um, kind of some fairly varied and difficult backgrounds there don't you do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah definitely so we're in a very low socioeconomic area and um and we've got a lot of kids uh at the school who are you know from a refugee background and um a, a lot of others from, from other backgrounds as well so it's, it's quite diverse and um and the countries that they do come from uh it's uh, they're quite diverse as well so yeah we we have a bit of a melting pot here and um it's, it's good to work with all of them and um, it's good to um, engage them with um, with my passion of running as, as well as um, trying to teach them some English along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you, um, I mean, obviously you're, you're passionate about your running, but how do you engage them with that? What's been the, and I suppose if we talk about, um, you know, the, the other project that you're involved in, Run Beyond Project, how did that all come about and what's um, yeah, what was the idea behind that? Yeah, sure. Well, so the Run Beyond Project is a project that uses running as a mechanism to, to teach students from uh, students in need some, some invaluable life skills. We focus on goal setting, commitment and resilience. I guess it came about essentially because I, I kind of got to a point where I thought, well, yeah, I'm, I'm loving my own running, but um, but what can I what can I do to, um, you know, um, to give these kids a bit of a hand utilising this passion that I've got? And um, so at that stage, I was, I was working with the, um, the Refugee Transition Program, just uh, work, which worked, focuses on um, kids who are entering high school from a refugee background and their successful transition into that new environment. Yeah, I thought it would be great to to use my passion to um to help them to to make that transition, and the Run Beyond project was born in our school. Um, essentially, just as a almost like a an ongoing school excursion. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we got together and 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 trained each week, and then a, a curriculum sort of evolved around those three goals: the goal setting, commitment, and resilience. Those three skills, I should say. And yeah, it's grown from there. And how many um, how many schools are you across now? So we're on uh, five schools at the moment, and, and hoping to continue to grow, obviously. And uh, you know, from from those early beginnings, we uh, got a few people on board. The running community was incredibly supportive. People came on board, and you know, I sort of didn't realise what I was in for when someone suggested, "Hey, you know, let's." move this thing into more schools and, and let's get you registered as an official charity. And wow. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden I was in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> so you're working full time as a teacher. Yep. You're running a charity. Mm-hmm. You're running 200 Ks a week. Yep. What do you do in your spare time, Dave? What's that? <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> no, what, yeah, what is that? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I guess um, it's it's funny. It's um, I mean, as I sort of alluded to before, I, I guess one thing is that I I sort of managed to um, kill two birds with one stone in terms of the fact that I do get a lot of mileage up uh, on the commute um, because I don't drive. So a lot of my training is actually you know running to school, running from school. I think that's you know that's an important thing, just being efficient with with what you're doing. When I am on the train, I'm reading and and um, and knocking over um some some goals or some work then and run beyond um well um i'm fortunate to have a lot of good people around on the team as well you know our board members um keith hong and, and Gemma Rowe are, are amazing without whom you know we wouldn't be at this stage where we're an official charity and just the rest of the team the teachers and the volunteers who all support us they all chip in and, and they do an, an amazing job. And, and I think that's another thing too, just having a, people around you who share your vision is, is crucial. Yeah, okay. What, um, what have you got coming up race-wise? Because I know you've had, uh, you had a big year last year. Yeah. Um, so last year was Berlin, the PB. Um, managed Which to get was... to 217.57. my First time under 2.20. Um, my previous PB was actually way back in 2011 at the Gold Coast, which was 2.20.55. And um, I'm heading up there shortly to, to see if I can give that a tilt and maybe notch up my first sub-2.20 on Australian soil with a bit of luck. Wow. Uh, and then later, later in the year is uh, Chicago. Oh, fantastic. Another, another one of the world majors. So I'm kind of hoping to, to start ticking off all the world majors now. I did... Um, Tokyo earlier this year, and so this will be my third. Oh wow! And what are the uh, so the kids that you're working with? Do they recognise? Yeah, are they uh, are they aware of what you're doing in your running? Oh, to a degree, yeah. Funnily enough, they're more aware when I'm not on song. Um, I remember um, one of the kids last year said to me, and I I was was it last year, the year before? I just I was recovering from ankle surgery and, you know, I kind of maybe put on a few kilos <laughs> and, um, and, you know, they were asking me about how much I ran and things like that. And I'd, I'd mentioned that, you know, 200 K weeks when I was fit. And of course I wasn't really fit at that stage. And um, one of the kids said to me at one stage, um, so if you run so much, how come you've still got belly fat? Yeah. Yeah. That hit home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, so what motivates you to, to train and compete? Because obviously, you know, there's a hell of a big commitment in um, in the level of training that you're doing. And you know, there, you, I know your Berlin run was, um, you know, it was a Commonwealth Games qualifier, but it wasn't quick enough to be selected for that. So you're kind of on the on the cusp there, but, um, you know, you yeah, still... look, I mean, to me, for, for me, it, it's all very personal, you know, uh, the Commonwealth games qualifier. Um, I, I don't think it even was 219 back when I set my previous PB in, in 2011. Uh, I think it might've been a, a fair bit faster. I remember years ago, there was a bit of controversy because I, I don't think anyone got selected for one of the Olympics one year because no one no one made the time and 
And so that wasn't even on my radar at all. It was just I had this mindset about, man, I'm so close to sub 220. Um, you know, like I said, it was 220.55 in, back in 2011 was my PB. And um, and it was just all about the numbers. And as you know, for runners, there's, there's a certain fascination about those round numbers. And so, yeah, I wanted to get under that 220 mark and, and that was it. And, and now that I'm there, you know, now that I, I've got the, um, the time that I did in Berlin, um, the guys who did go to um, the Commonwealth Games, they were all several minutes faster and, and that's, you know, that's a, a kilometre or more down the road. And to be honest, I'm not looking at that. I'm, I'm just looking at um, knocking, a, if I could knock off another second off my time, I'd be a happy man, you know. Hi, it's Dave here with a quick word from our sponsor. Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specialises in working with successful business professionals who share our passion for endurance sports. People often come to us for one of three reasons. One, you aren't where you thought you'd be financially at this point in your life. Two, you seem to have no time to get a proper handle on your finances. And three, you may be annoyed that you're paying so much for life insurance to protect yourself and your family, but you're fitter and healthier than the average punter and you wonder why it's costing you so much. Underlying all of this is often a concern that you may be wasting your opportunities and not maximising all of your hard work. We have a five-step process we take you through, which will help you develop a plan that you're confident will get you to where you want to be financially, simplify your affairs and take much of the hassle off your hands, and show you how you can be rewarded financially for looking after yourself and your family. For more details, head to knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. It's scary to think... yeah. As quick as you are, you know, the, the guys who are winning the big international races, you know, are kind of, what, 5Ks down the track? Yeah, well, not far off it. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm 217.57 and it's 207.57 is, uh, sorry, 202.57 is, is the world record. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, they're, yeah, they're kicking back in the hotel having a beer by the time I get in. <laughs> By the time I get in, mate, they've checked out and they're on the plane. <laughs> yes, it's all relative, isn't it? Oh, it is. <laughs> so would you say that what's your, um, what's your proudest accomplishment so far in terms of running? I mean, is it, is it the PB? Is it, um, yeah, is it something else? Oh, look, to be honest, I think it's probably run beyond, you know. I mean, I guess that was... Like I said, that next sort of step, it was, yeah, I've, I mean, running's fun, you know. So, I, you know, I, I don't know that running's just something I enjoy, but um, in terms of, you know, run beyond, it's something that's that's helping other people, that's helping people who don't have support structures there. Um, and and to be honest, that's that's something that's um, more significant than um, than just you know, it's beyond me, I guess, and and um, and seeing and hearing the reactions of the kids when when they achieve their goals, that's um, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So, have you got any? Um, have you got a story that you can you kind of hang your hat on for you know for one of the kids who has kind of really touched you and has made you know it's made a really significant difference in in their life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess well, we've got a few. We've got um, you know, yeah. Every every kid who comes in's got a great story, but um, some of them are stories about 
you know, um, just, you know, one of our things is resilience. And I often say that some of the kids teach us more about resilience than, than we can teach them. We've got, um, you know, one particular kid, um, his family is still in Afghanistan to this day and he had to leave uh, as I think he was 16 when he left. Um, and he, he came through, you know, pretty hard passage and was over here uh, on, on a boat and uh, ended up in a, a detention centre. From there, he ended up basically living living with his cousin who was basically the same age and so this guy's trying to somehow get through learning a language um living not knowing from day to day what's happening with his family back home having to find some uh bricklaying jobs in the holidays to to get a bit of money because he's out on his own needs to scrape some money together for rent um and he'd come to training with the biggest smile on his face and the most, you know, appreciative person and the most um, enthusiastic kid, um, the most genuine kid that you'd ever hope to meet. And, um, yeah, like I said, I think I think he taught a lot of us more about resilience than we could ever ever teach him. It's just, just amazing to, to have such a positive outlook on life after after going through what he's been through at such a young age. Yeah. I mean, the, it's incredible when you think about it. The, I mean, we hear the stories, obviously, about um, you know, refugees and you read things in the paper and things like that, and it's all very remote and it's all very um, academic. But the, you know, when you, you hear about some of these kids and the, the things that they've been through just to get out here and are still going through to try and establish themselves in this country it's yeah 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 yeah, it's phenomenal i think um you know a lot of people who um who are critical of of these people um they just need to to get in touch and 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 um see and hear um stories like these because um you know you it's a case of you know not even walking a mile in my shoes but just sort of a having a listen to that story and and um it just gives you a greater sense of appreciation and um yeah it's phenomenal yeah okay so i mean if we talk about run beyond a little bit more because obviously that's yeah that is the thing that you're passionate about these days i mean normally what i'll do is um i'd ask a guest about the the kind of challenges that they face in terms of their um their training and, and competing and kind of juggling everything else. But you know, what are the challenges that, that you face in, uh, in terms of helping these kids? Yeah, I guess just um, uh, getting volunteers on board. Um, it's, it's a program that's run at uh, schools by teachers within the schools. Um, and, and we've set it up that way because, teachers have an existing relationship with their kids and there are a lot of programs that go into schools and you know people come in and implement a program for six weeks or so and then they say goodbye and then they don't have an ongoing relationship with those kids um so i guess we're seeking teachers who've got those dual passions of teaching and running generally um and who want to share that with the kids 
and and of course every school's got got its own context as well so uh as much as you know we sort of started out with an approach you know we've got our obviously our set curriculum so it's um it's you know we're singing from the same song sheet so to speak uh but we do have to account for the fact that you know different schools have different policies and contexts and um and and sort of fitting in with with those and what works with with all of those okay um so describe the journey that the kids go on because yeah are they and where they're starting from and and what the the project actually encompasses. I mean, I presume that you're not taking them out on your long runs. No, 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 definitely <laughs> not. Um, no, so we we basically we look for for kids who are not necessarily runners per se, but but just kids who you know will are in need. Um, and our, we've got a you know criteria for involvement, and that includes kids from refugee backgrounds, includes kids from indigenous backgrounds, kids from various situations at home, um, financial, lower SES, um, violence within the home, that kind of thing. And we look for kids who sort of satisfy that criteria, but also are, are up for a challenge, and and we look at at where they're at, and we select a goal race. Um, that's going to be challenging but achievable for the kids and obviously safe. So, no, they're not coming on my long run. <laughs> that, that would definitely not be safe. Um, <laughs> and and once that's established, um, we we get them out for, for training runs and they're also participating in the theoretical sessions going through the work booklet and... Um, and that's sort of focused on the goal setting, the commitment, the resilience. And, you know, the run beyond the name is significant because we're teaching them that these skills that they're working on um, to achieve their goal of this, completing this goal race are applicable beyond the end of the project and beyond the context of running to all contexts within their lives to whatever field they want to pursue. You know, goal set, setting is something that, they can use to help them achieve in all areas of life and and committing to those goals and being resilient when things don't go to plan. They're skills that are going to be invaluable to them, whatever path they pursue in life. Yeah, okay. And so how long how long do you typically work with um with a group of kids for them? Um and what sort of goal races are they um what are they typically aiming for? So they're generally somewhere between a, a 10k race and a half marathon, uh, and it's essentially it's it's basically one one week per um, kilometer. So kids training for a 10k race will do a 10 10 week program. Um, kids training for a, a half marathon will be 20 21 weeks. Okay, and so along that way, they're um, uh, they're working with the teacher as well in terms of. Um, yeah, and do they do they have to? What else do they have to do as far as um, kind of the goal setting and things like that that they're working on and kind of monitoring their progress and things like that? How is that all done? Yeah, so well, generally, like I said, they've got this um, the theoretical part, and they're they're um, going through this curriculum, and that you know focuses on that, and and we keep our groups fairly small, so there's generally you know one teacher to around five or six students. And that provides the opportunity for this sort of ongoing in-depth 
dialogue and discussion around, okay, how now that we're out jogging together, how are we charting towards our goal? How how far away is our goal? Um, you know, what did we do last week? Okay, this week is going to be our longest run, and okay, we're up to, um, you know, might be a seven k run this week, and our goal is the half marathon, so we're a third of the way there, and so there's this constant sort of appreciation of the fact that goal setting is kind of a a, a long process. And, and, you know, committing to those goals and being resilient, that this, this is kind of an ongoing process and, um, and running is a great way to, um, really, um, demonstrate that in a very clear and practical sense. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a, a really honest, um, endeavor, if yep. you like, isn't it? Because you, I mean, we all know you get the rewards for, for having put in the effort. Precisely. Yeah. Um, I suppose the other thing is too is you can clearly see your progress because it's um, yeah last week I yeah I could run six k's this week I can run seven and exactly, uh, yeah. yeah you've got that progress there to to kind of um, that you can chart as I said yeah that's right and again this discussion about right okay and if we're doing this for running where, where else in your life can you be going through the same process and yeah okay now. You mentioned that you've had a lot of help from the um, from the running community. Um, I mean, I know yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of things that the project needs and gets to to help the kids because you know coming from the background that they do, from what I understand, even just having gear to go running in can be um, can be difficult for them. Um, so you've got a, a big string of supporters helping with things like that, don't you? Yeah, definitely. We've got people from from you know helping in in a, a number of capacities, which um, uh, which it, it's funny. It's just running's a pretty simple thing, but um, getting the kids from A to B, it's uh, <laughs> it's got its challenges as well. You know, there's um, there's travel to and from races. There's the, as you said, the gear and a lot of things that you know are taken for granted. Um, these kids can't afford the gear, and they can't afford to travel and um, so it is. It is a bit a bit of a um, yeah a, a complex wheel that we've set in motion here. Yeah. Okay. And what's the plans for it? I mean, where would you like to uh, where would you like to see it go? I'd like like us to be in schools around Australia. You know, um, I think it, it's a, a program that can help kids from a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, I think running is a pretty universal. Uh, endeavor and um, and it's as as we've said it's um, it's a, a great mechanism for teaching these skills that kids can apply you know whatever their interests and passions in life beyond this this context of running and so yeah I, I want to see us in more schools helping more kids and uh, and that's the plan what is your okay we've spoken about all the different things you're doing what's your typical week look like these days I mean literally how are you fitting everything in I mean, you spoke about having to, yeah, using the time on public transport and things like that for reading and things like that. But, you know, what does 200 k's a week look like in terms of a time commitment for you? Yeah, okay. Um, so it's up at uh, up at 5:24. Um, so I'm I'm pretty efficient. 5:24. How did you come up with that number? Well, the, the trains at the trains at 5:47. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's just enough time to get me up, dressed, eaten, out of the door. And fortunately, the train's like 
it's only two minutes from my front door so um that's enough time to get me on the train and then i'll hop off at um at lidcombe and i start running from there and so i'll run to school generally uh which is just six six k's from lidcombe station and i'll dump my bag um yeah because I'm, I'm running with my backpack with my, my clothes and my, my gear for the day dump that at school and then head out for a um for another 18 k's or so um and so yeah get a half marathon done before school on a lot of days um and then yeah in the evening that'll be um a, a minimum of another six usually i you know i'm trying to clock up 30 k's a day uh minimum of six um quite off uh once a week i'll usually head out to the the track and and, and do a little bit of a, a speed session out there as well and yeah sort of getting home probably about, about seven or eight dinner and um a couple hours work and um off to bed early night, wake up, do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's how you managed to get 200 Ks a week in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, look, it is, it's, it's something that, yeah, like for me, yeah, it is, it is time consuming, but it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Um, like I said, it, it, it fits in relatively well. And, and I think once you get into a routine, yeah, yeah. You, you become accustomed to it and that's your normal. And, and for me, that's, that's become more normal. And I guess, you know, I have been running for, you know, 20 odd years and, and, and I have built up to this slowly. I haven't been doing this amount of mileage from, from day one. Uh, and I think that's the important thing too, with, with whatever you're pursuing, um, um, think of, um, play, play the long game, I guess. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to burn out too soon. And you're obviously spending a lot of time on your own, just with your your own thoughts to to uh, accompany you. Yeah, yeah. What goes through your head? Oh, just everything else I need to get done in the day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> People um, ask me that in terms of races quite often, and with races, it's a different story. I mean, with training, you, you kind of you can sort of, especially in the morning, you sort of. Um, you're thinking about, you know, what needs to be taught in class and whatnot and planning sort of things mentally. Um, in terms of, of racing, it's kind of a different story. I do a lot of number crunching in my head. Um, I'm very big on pacing. Um, I'm a PB in Berlin. I'm happy to say one of the proudest things about that was it being a negative split. And so I just sort of um paced it pretty much to perfection the second half was i think it was about uh, 20 30 seconds faster than the first half uh, 23 seconds actually now that i did that <laughs> um and yeah I, I i what i do is i laminate a wristband um i've got just basically put my numbers in my goal time into an excel spreadsheet and it spits out right um every the time that I need to be at every kilometre marker at and every kilometre I'm checking, okay, am I, am I too fast? And, and quite often in the early stages, that's, that's your worry that you're going out too fast and I'm just monitoring, right? Am I too fast? Am I too slow? Um, how fast do I need to run the next K to be sort of back on track and, and rectify the situation, whatever it may be. And, um, 
by the time you've passed the kilometre marker, you've had a look at your watch, you've done the calculations, it's you're, you're halfway down the road to the next <laughs> kilometre marker and rinse, repeat, do it all again. <laughs> yeah, your case don't take as long as mine, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though, that, um, that you do that because I remember you know, my PB race was very much like that, but towards the... probably from the 30, 35K marker... I was finding it was almost taking me a K to do the math. To yeah, precisely. <laughs> precisely. Yep. You're, you're, you're much more um, capable of doing it in those earlier Ks, but um, once uh, once you get to that 30, 35K mark, things start, um, um, you go into survival mode and um, and that's the last thing you need to be doing is the math. So it does take a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> so just on that, because, yeah, I mean, as far as racing goes, I think everyone obviously pushes themselves to to their limit of um, of what they're they're capable of at that time. But how do you like you know when you're deep in that red zone and you are on the edge, your body's telling you to stop and your mind's telling you to stop. What do you say to yourself to keep going? I guess um, I think. It, again, it comes down to that pacing. If there's no amount of tenacity that can help you to keep going, if you, if you've blown up and in, in, if you've gone ridiculously fast in the first half, it's not like you can be mentally strong enough to, um, and, you know. And, and you see this in world record attempts too. Guys will fall off the pace, and it um, it's not because they they lack any uh, mental tenacity. It's just that they they've probably um, you know spent too many bickies early on. Uh, having said that, obviously um, you do need a, um, a fair bit of tenacity to, um, no matter how well you've paced, to, to push it when you are in that red zone, as you say. Thinking about how much time you've invested into pursuing whatever you're, you're pursuing and, and thinking that, hey, this this might be hurting and it might be intense now, but um, this is all going to be over in and you count it down as you go, you know, you get to the 35K mark and you think, you know, you work out however many minutes you've got to go and then, you know, when you get to the 36K mark, you say, well, a sigh of relief, I've got, you know, <laughs> however many minutes less now to go. And 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 you sort of think about the, the bigger picture in terms of, uh, yeah, okay, this is only hurting for a little while compared to all that training. Yeah, okay. And as you, I mean, you've just, let me think, your PB before last year was set, um, what, about six or seven years ago? Yeah, yeah. So what's changed to, um, you know, for you to come back? Because, I mean, you know, there's a big difference in age there, relatively speaking. Um, and, you know, the, the amount of work that you're having to put in to, um, to knock out another PB is phenomenal. What's changed in you that's caused you to, um, you know, to go searching for this? Yeah, I guess. Look, I mean, it it was always I I wanted to. I mean, with um, if everything had gone to plan, I would have um, beat it later in two thousand and eleven. <laughs> but uh, you know, injuries happen, life happens, um, and so it was it was kind of a, an ongoing process. And um, and I got close a couple of times. Um, and in two thousand late two thousand and fourteen, I went over to Fukuoka, and I kind of. Yeah, I kind of towed the start line knowing that I'd have to have a really good day and condition, conditions would need to be perfect and 
remember getting to halfway in 70 minutes and six seconds and um and thinking yep yeah, i've i've probably just cooked myself a little bit too much here and 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 i still ran okay but missed the pb by about a minute and and you know 2015 i was looking at you know capitalizing on that form and building and then got injured sort of um later in the year and then that sort of uh ended up in surgery in 2016 and um yeah i guess coming out of surgery it was just probably well one of the key things was that my body held together um and i had this really good stint of basically you know 12 months of of uninterrupted training um and you know so that's you know i guess finding a good physio <laughs> getting under this um preventative stuff um is is essential because um you know so often i think we um we're reactive rather than proactive in terms of um you know managing injuries and, and things that can potentially go wrong and um yeah maybe i was caught in a, a bit of a cycle of, of that just um not being proactive enough in terms of injury management um in in the earlier years and then finally settled into a good routine which has is, is enabled me to clock up all these k's week after week without too many interruptions yeah okay so racing a little bit smarter and or training a bit smarter mm. as well yeah definitely okay um I'm going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to ask you, and yeah, of course, none of your kids are going to listen to this, so that's fine. <laughs> What's your guilty secret? You know, one of those things that you know you should do but never seem to get around to. Yeah, right. Okay, um, I've got to take it easier on the chocolate milks. Um, <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably my my diet is is one of the things that I really could address, and the other thing is core. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of um, people talk about the the value of um, core strength, and I really don't do anything in relation to that. And so, perhaps those two things: diet and core strength. Yeah, okay. Got, got to get onto those. Yeah. I, I will, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Starting tomorrow. <laughs> it's always tomorrow. <laughs> What's the one thing you wish you were better at? I kind of, I, I guess, I never really. Um, thought I was much of a, a runner um, early on because I couldn't keep up with kids running around the playground chasing a soccer ball um, and because I just don't have any of that top end speed um, and and it wasn't until you know a bit later on in school when we'd started doing the, the cross country and the kids who'd spanked me in the 1500 meters and the 800 meters and things like that uh, realized in the cross country when we had even it was pretty short in those days only another k or so probably after that but it was kind of just after that point where you know they had been heading off into the distance and all of a sudden they started being reeled back in as i you know as i caught them so yeah i don't know maybe speed yeah <laughs> okay um now I'm going to uh, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got to uh, go off and teach and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, there's a couple of couple of things before we go. So one is for anyone out there who would like to find out more about Run Beyond or would like to to see how they might be able to get involved. Where do they go? What do they do? 
Yep, just look us up on social media or our website, uh, therunbeyondproject.com.au um, and, uh, or just .com, we've got both URLs. Um, and, yeah, get in touch. I'd love to love to hear from people and, lo- you know, we, we want to grow. Like I said earlier in the interview, we want to grow. We want to be in schools all around Australia, but it takes a lot of resources and um, so we're constantly fighting for them. Uh, and we'd love as much support as we can get. So please do get in touch and uh, help make a difference to the lives of um, kids who who really need something to to achieve some great things. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Um, now the last thing, and we'll put all the all the details in the show notes as well, so um, you can just go and find the details there. Um, and if people want to get in contact with you, they can and watch you running and things like that. They can hit you up on Str- on uh, Strava and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely Strava, Facebook, and um, yeah, see what I'm doing. That's um, have a good laugh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'll crawl into a hole. And <laughs> yeah, crawl yeah. up into a ball and think, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's right, but you know, I remember um, uh, having a a sort of. Uh, did a course with uh, Benny St. Lawrence once and um, and I remember um, him discussing Strava and, and saying, look, I like to put it all up there. Some people are a bit cagey with putting all their stuff up but and this, Benny's one of the best in Australia but he said, no, I don't do that. I kind of think it's important for people to see that, you know, you, you do your slow runs as, as well as your fast runs and it's, no, it's sort of selling a bit of a false image to just put your, your good sessions up there. Um, and so, yeah, I think Strava is pretty cool for, for, um, things like that. You, you get a bit of an insight into, um, exactly what people are doing if they are legit and putting, putting everything up there and, um, and, and seeing the bigger picture about what guys just maybe that step ahead of guys and girls, just that step ahead of you are doing. And, and if you want to make that, um, step up, what you could potentially do to, to do that. Yeah. Actually, that's interesting because, your your slow runs, and I I know you do a lot of slow runs. Obviously, you do a lot of of quicker stuff as well. But you know, so a, a two two seventeen marathon equates to how, what per k? Uh, what was it? Three sixteen, I think. Three sixteen per k. And yet, when you do your slow runs, where do they where do they top out at? Uh, it can be anything, like uh, assuming it's a relatively flat course. So, you know, um, I can be five minutes plus on a slow run. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting the difference there because, you know, I think, and I'm guilty of it as well, you kind of think that every run should be, you know, you should be pushing yourself. Um, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. You know, the best in the business. You know, I remember Deke uh, listening to Deke's talk once, and uh, he he said the same thing. You do your fast runs fast. You do your slow runs slow. Yeah, right. Cool. Well, the last thing that I'm going to ask you for. So one of the things that we do is uh, ask our guest to issue a challenge for the listeners, and that can be in any area. So we've covered a lot of ground today. And something that they can do over the next week. So, um, you know, whether that's a training thing, whether that's a, a mental thing, whether that's, um, you know, go and give your kids a hug, whatever it might be, what uh, what would you challenge listeners to go and do? I guess just talking about Run Beyond and, and just having this conversation about how I've used my passion to help others, I think 
my challenge is think about what's your passion and, hey, how can you use that to help others? Fantastic. That's a great idea. Thanks, Dave. Look, thanks very much for your time, mate. I've, uh, I've been really looking forward to having a conversation with you like this. Yeah, thanks, mate. Sorry, it's taken a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> Glad we got <laughs> oh, Yeah, between fitting it into your runs and uh, and everything else, it's um, you know, I've managed to get you sitting down for once. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much. Pleasure, Dave. Big thank you to Dave Craniti for being an amazing guest on the show this week. You can find out more about David in the show notes at knightswood.com.au forward slash episode 8 and at therunbeyondproject.com or facebook.com forward slash therunbeyondproject. If you like this interview, please share it with a friend. We'd also love you to give us some feedback. Rate the episode on iTunes and tell us what you thought. And if there's a special guest you'd like to hear on the show in future, let us know and we'll do our best to get them on. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Dave Hazelwood and you've been listening to The Pursuit of Life. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.